Welcome to the vineyard. Welcome to those of you joining us online. And uh, glad you uh, glad you came out today. We were wondering what would happen today with the storm and everything, but uh, we're very glad that you're here. And then some of you are like, we've been through Irma. <laughs> talking about going out fishing this afternoon. I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Well, you know, we can be back by four. <laughs> Be safe. And uh, we're very glad you're with us today. Before I get really going, I want to take a moment. It's Veterans Day this week. Just to, I wanted to pray and bless uh, all the vet, pray for and bless all the veterans that are here and watching online. So if you're a veteran or you're active military even now, would you stand so I can just pray for you real quick, please? All right. Keep standing, Lord. Thank you for all of that today, Lord, and for all the military folks. We pray your blessing on them, your hand on them. Watch over, protect them, bless their families. Thank you for all that they do and their willingness to serve. And God, we are so grateful for each one. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Okay. So we're in a series we just started a couple weeks ago. I'm calling it Keep in Step. If we live by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. And we're, uh, we're building off of our last series, which was, you know, very foundational series. And, and what we did there was we kind of looked at the big picture, the big story. So you could make sure you got how the Bible kind of ties together. And we got some of the major themes. Well, after you have that, what I keep saying during that is once you sort of get an idea of the bigger story, then when you read the Scripture, it will come alive to you in different ways. And, and so... Now my encouragement is for everyone to really plug in and read the Bible. And as I said a couple weeks ago, um, a lot of believers, uh, and it's not a judgment or a criticism or anything, just haven't read through the Bible. They've, and, and some have been walking with the Lord a long time. They haven't. Now they've read parts of it and parts of it a lot, and they might read it all the time. But they've never actually read all the way through it. And I said that the, the one being in the universe who really doesn't want you to read this book is our enemy. And, and so there's some oppression that comes with it. That's why it's sort of, it's difficult for some people to push through. And I said, a lot of times one of the motivations that I find very helpful is um, when I realize it's the enemy that's trying to stop me from doing something, it makes me sort of engage a little harder because I don't want him to steal anything else from me. That same sort of feels why sometimes it's difficult to really engage in prayer. You have to push through because there's some resistance um, in that. And so there's some resistance like this because it's really not that daunting a task. It takes about 80 hours to read the Bible. That's it. In, in uh, you know, comparison to our lives, it's not that much time. Um, but... What I've encouraged you to do is to um, read through 15 minutes a day, six days a week. And if you do that, you'll have it read in a year. No problem. And, and the plan really is as simple as this. Start in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. I'd start in the New Testament just because it'll, it's a little easier to develop your habit there. And, and every day read 15 minutes and bookmark that place. And the next day, pick it up there and read for another 15 minutes or so. And... and um, you know, and if you miss a day, you don't need to double up. That's what throws a lot of people off. Just catch up to it. Just, you know, just read it again, 15 minutes, and you're good. And just keep it going and trying to develop the habit. When you finish the New Testament, jump back into Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Begin to read there, and then read your way through the Old Testament. 
and just persevere. Stick with it. I know some parts can seem a little difficult. and you, Maybe you've got stuck before. But we're going to keep talking about ways through that, even today, uh, to encourage you to stay engaged and to read through the book. It will be worth it. It really will be. There's some things that you will see that you've never seen before and, and amazing stories. And we'll talk more about how all that ties together. So uh, I've also said, you know, that, that what we need to do is that the word needs to become our heartbeat. It needs to get into our heart and into our mind so that it works its way out into our lives. Because really, we're supposed to be living this, this out. That's kind of how it really works and what it looks like. So uh, I ended up last week by saying, you know, that the word is for everyone, not just for the priests, the prophets and the kings. And we're going to kind of take another look at that in a little different spot in history here. Uh, together in just a few moments. So that's where we're heading. A couple of bad jokes. My son asked me, he said, hey, Dad, can you tell me what a solar eclipse is? And I said, no, son. I know a guy who's obsessed with collecting old Beatles records. His friends say he needs help, but I think he's already got that one. Last one. What do you get when you cross an angry sheep with an angry cow? Two animals in a bad mood. That's hard to do that one. Alice. Come and pray for us. Try, but I'm not doing animal voices. Bad. <laughs> good morning. It's good to see you. It's good to see friends coming back from up north. Let's let's press into Papa again, shall we? Before we read the word together. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are so grateful that Your goodness is always chasing after us. Father, when that settles on our hearts. Lord, we can be at peace no matter what our circumstances, Lord. And I pray that as we realize that, as we realize you are the defender of our heart, as we realize that every minute of every day, we can just be conduits, Lord. Conduits for your love and your peace and your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, that it's by our love for each other that they will know us. We thank you for all these things. I thank you for every family. Here in person and online, Lord, bless them for a thousand generations. Bless these families in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand, please, for the reading of the word if you're able? Steve and I are going to do this in tandem today because there's two of us on this platform and one of us is a theologian. So that, that, that would be him. So, <laughs> So he's going to do the, the names, and you'll see when we get there. The text today is out of Nehemiah, chapters 8, verses 1 through 12. When the seventh month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men. 
women and others who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood... Mattathiah, Shema, Ariah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maasiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Benai, Sherebah, Jamin, Akub, <laughs> Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maasiah, Kelita, Azariah, Jazabad, Haman, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. And then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated. Well done on those pronunciations, dear. So last week's scripture reading had a lot of names in it too. And then when she finished for the last time last week, when Alice finished for the last time last week, I said to her, oh, it's way worse next week. (laughs) Don't get stuck on names. Do the best you can. You know, it's not like there's the Hebrew police that are going to get you for getting the name wrong. (laughs) So just read it like you know it. And it's all good. So let me tell you what's going on in this passage. And let me catch you up in history. And you know the bigger story. So what's happening now uh, is that after the exile in Babylon, we've talked about that. Remember, things were going to happen. And they're going to rebuild the temple, all this stuff. Um, the, the, they finally release the people of Israel who want to go back to Jerusalem to go. Ezra the priest takes a wave of people back there. Gets things going. Then Nehemiah. You remember the story of Nehemiah. We've done it. If you haven't, you should go read it. But... Uh, he's the cupbearer of the king. He gets permission to go and rebuild the walls. And, and then uh, he becomes the governor, and he's there about 12 years. And during this time, they're going to reintroduce once again the word of God. Remember, last week it was King Josiah uh, who, in deciding to fix up the temple, found a copy of the book of the covenant, the book of the law, Deuteronomy, what we're talking about. And it hadn't been, they hadn't even, they didn't even know it existed, really. They hadn't read it for 400 years. Well, now after the exile and all things that happened, they're going to reintroduce the scripture again. It has an impact on people. And so there's some things there that I think that are really important that I want to talk about. The first one is this, making this point again. Scripture is for everyone. The Bible is for everyone. It's not for a select group. It's not just for, um, you know, uh, 
theologians or scholars or priests or prophets or kings. It's not just for those people. It's for everybody. Everybody needs to read the scripture. They need to get into the scripture. God made it that way. And if the church gets away from that and starts leaving it to specific groups of people, it's never good for the church. Everybody needs to be into the word. They need the scripture. It is for everyone. Uh, Nehemiah 8.2. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. Everybody was there. It's for everyone, men and women. You know, to us, culturally, that doesn't seem like a big deal. But in this period in history, it was a big deal to have men and women, everybody included. Uh, and yet the Hebrew culture was, was very much that, as is the Christian culture. It's everybody. It's for everybody. Everybody matters. Everybody's included. Everybody's in. And so everyone was brought so that they could hear uh, the word of the Lord once again. They could be introduced to Scripture. They could make sure they understand what was going on. And so that's a big deal. I want to keep reemphasizing that. It's for everyone. You, if you haven't read the Scripture as a believer, you need to. I'm encouraging you. Read it and, and read it through and read it all. And, and that's what we're supposed to do. Now, as we do that... We're supposed to come to the scripture expectantly. That's the second thing I want to say. The scripture is amazing because it's alive uh, and it's always saying something. It's what I love about the Bible. It will always say something to you. Remember, I've told you as you sit down to read, um, one of the things that I really want to encourage you to do is just ask Holy Spirit to illuminate the scripture to you. Holy Spirit, would you just help me to see what you need me to see today and you you come and uh, with an expectancy that something's going to happen look what happens in in uh, verses five and six Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them standing on a platform that's an unusual idea maybe we should think about that uh-huh. and as he opened it the people all stood up hmm, we've seen that before Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen and Amen. And they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. There was an expectancy there. There was a realization that as they were entering to the scripture and in the presence of God, it was a big moment. It was a worship sort of situation. Um, it's one of those places that heaven and earth overlap. You need to see it that way, which is why there's pushback from the enemy. He doesn't like those things. And when we connect with the scripture and we invite Holy Spirit to, to really illuminate it to us, we're in one of those moments. You're having that time. And... Um, somebody reminded me of something I'd said a couple of years ago. They actually took it in and they wrote it down and they have it written somewhere. I said, listen, when you go to read the word, think about sitting at the feet of Jesus as you do it. And, and this person told me that that's helped them read through the Bible twice since I said it. He just it really had an impact and he's taken it in. And so we need to see it. Come to it expectantly. The Bible speaks. It's amazing. I'm amazed at how often when I begin to read the scripture that something will pop out at me that I haven't seen before. Now, there are places in the Bible too, and I've read through the Bible many times, many times. But I've also read through parts of the Bible way more than many times. Like the Psalms, I've read through, I, I can't even count this times, and the Proverbs, I've read through those so many times. And I'm often amazed how in those places, even though I've read them so many times, something will pop out at me and I will think, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I know I've read it, but it's never jumped out at me the way it just did. And see, the scripture will do that if you come to it expectantly. Don't let it become a chore. So there's something, you lose something there. 
If it becomes this, oh, I've got to read the Bible again. Don't let that happen. That's an attack. Come to it with that, God, will you show me today what you want me to see? I want to, I want to see what's happening. I want to, and so it's very important that we come with, with open hearts and open minds to the Scripture and allow the, the Spirit to really use the Scripture to speak to us and to change us. So we come expectantly. Third thing is that the Scripture, it needs to be read. It also needs to be understood. So, so as you're reading, one of the reasons I ask you to invite Holy Spirit is that he will often help you understand things. But there will be some things when you read that you just won't understand. That's okay. That kind of happens. And what do you do with that? Well, sometimes that's one of the things that causes people to stop reading. Well, I just don't understand it. it doesn't, this Bible is all over. It doesn't make sense. Is it? And it does. And when we don't understand something, you have to see that as really an invitation to take it deeper. To dig in, to do a little research, to do a little exploration. Um, we have so many resources available to us now. We're so fortunate. There was a time when, if you wanted to dig deeper, you know, when I first started in ministry, you had to have a library to really dig deeper because you, you couldn't, we didn't have, we didn't have the internet. I know, shocked. I, I know. We didn't have it. So we had to, we had to save up. And a lot of pastors had these big libraries of books so that they could dig in and not everybody could have them. And, and I remember, and I, now I'm getting way off track here, but I remember one of the first books I bought as a new believer, um, besides my Bible, was a Strong's Concordance. Because then you can look into the real language. What, oh, it's a whole book. I remember when somebody showed me one the first time. I almost lost my mind. Like, <gasps> that's amazing. Look at that. Ah, you can see it in Hebrew and Greek. And you can start. And it was just so cool where all the words are. Well, now, <clears throat> when you get to a passage or a story or something that's going on, if you don't understand it, one of the things you can do is really you just Google it. And there are lots of commentaries that will come up. Some are good, some are bad. You kind of have to figure that part out, but you can do that. You can go, well, that doesn't sound quite right, or then look for, you know, that sounds better, and, and sort of dig in, and you'll find some that you trust, and you can use those. Um, that's certainly one thing. Another thing you can do, I've been telling you about this for a while now, if you get stuck while you're reading, Vine Press questions on the website. Go search for it, push the button, type me in your question. I, will, I read all those questions on Monday, and... Uh, and then on Tuesday, we do a little podcast. We tape it in the morning, Doug and I, and I answer all those questions. And it pops out live on Wednesday, but you can usually see it earlier Wednesday, but it pops out Wednesday night. Then it's on the website for you to watch. And we'll, we'll take your questions there just to try and help you so you never get stuck. Because I don't want you to get stuck. Verse 7 and 8, the Levites, and then he lists 13 of them, instructed the people. That's another thing you can do when you're reading, if you want. Instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. And they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. So you see, this, this, this is what's happening. So Ezra was up on a platform. He was reading. because He reads for a long time. Uh, and then the, the Levites, there's 13 of them, they're, they're sort of all around the crowd. And I think they each have another group. Now, either... Uh, a couple of things might be happening here. Either Ezra's voice couldn't get to the back of the crowd, so it was getting to the Levites, and they were kind of repeating it to the next group. But more likely what was happening is Ezra would read a, ch- a chunk of it, and then 
a Levite would take his group and he would say, okay, let's kind of go through this real quick. I want to make sure that you understand anything. Are there any questions? What do you need to know about? Also, very possibly, there might have been some language barriers because the, the, the scripture would have been read in Hebrew. And by this time, the, the language, even of the people of Israel, was probably Aramaic, which is similar, but dissimilar enough that it would have been an issue if they didn't understand it. Uh, I, I liken it to talking to somebody with a mask on. You get about half of it. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Ah, man, it's amazing how much, how important seeing someone's lips move is to understanding a conversation. At least for me it is. So anyway, um, this was happening. And they were explaining it. And they were making sure people would understand. That's kind of, you sort of see that. A lot of these patterns you see even today because they're, they're very practical. So a lot of times we do what? We read a passage of scripture and then we take some time to dig into it. My, my hope is that by the end you understand it better and you, you go from there. So the scripture needs to be read and understood. So if you don't understand something, don't give up. Press in. Uh, another thing you can do if you don't want to get stopped in your reading, write it down. Get back to it later. Just, ooh, I don't understand that. Write it down. And then later on you can go and search for it. And then keep reading. Just don't get frustrated by it. It happens. There are, there are a lot of things in there. I've been reading the scripture for th- over 30 years. Well over 30 years. 35, 36, 37. Somewhere in there. And there are still things. I'm like, I'm not exactly sure. There are still things that are popping open to me that are just, oh, that's, that's going on. There's still some light bulbs happening. So it's very cool that it happens. So dig in where you can. Fourth, the scripture needs to be celebrated. It needs to be celebrated, um, enjoyed. Um, <laughs> again, don't let it be a chore. It's amazing that we have the word of God available to us. And that, that uh, there's something amazing in the process of sitting down and reading it and understanding it with what's going on. So here's what's happening with this group of folks now who hadn't been exposed to the word as it's being read. And they start to understand it. They begin to weep because they realize how far short they've fallen from the word. Same thing that happened uh, with King Josiah's group, they, they were they were shook up because they were hearing how they were supposed to be living and they were not living that way. I wait, wait. I have I know what that is. <sighs> yeah. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what's happening is they're weeping because they're realizing they're not living up to what the word is telling them to live and how they're supposed to live. And the Word will do that. That's the amazing thing about the Word. It, it, it should, when you read it, sometimes convict you as well. It should sort of go, make you realize that you're not quite living the way that you could be living or that God would have you live. That's why the writer of Hebrews says the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes 
of the heart. So the scripture should have that impact on us. It should make us sometimes go, wow, I'm, I'm really falling short there. But why would we rejoice then? Well, we can rejoice because the, the good thing is in that is that we're getting it. That, that we're, we're understanding that there's a difference between how God would have us live and how we're actually living. And Holy Spirit is helping us to continue to change, to, to renew our minds, to be transformed. And that in this meantime, because of what Jesus has done for us, our relationship with God is the way it needs to be. He sees us in the perfection of his son. He's already relating to us that way, which is amazing. So even, it's not that we're having to wait until we get everything worked out. It's not a performance issue, like, oh, I'm not living up. And so until I am, you know, here and in living all these things out, then my relationship with God isn't what it's supposed to be. Uh Uh-uh. In Christ, because of what he's done, our relationship is already where it needs to be, where we are, the righteousness of God now, we're right in being. And, you know, all those things are happening. And Holy Spirit is helping us to continue to grow in that direction. So the, the scripture should impact you sometimes to realizing that there's some change and some growth that needs to happen. That's a good thing. It's nothing you need to weep over. You actually need to rejoice over the, the amazing work that God is doing in your life. And so all this is really amazing stuff. And I want to encourage you to keep reading it as we go. Now, last thing I want to talk about. And then uh, we'll find out what the big warning was. Did they upgrade it? Okay. Run! (laughs) Everybody out! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We had better come in for 3 o'clock if we're going fishing then. And now it's a real hurricane. (laughs) Okay. So the scripture, I said this, um, the scripture is divinely inspired literature. And, and I want you to have that in you as you go to read. It will help you. Well, what does that mean? Well, the, the two main genres of classical literature are tragedy and comedy. Um, uh, tragedy, it, it starts high and ends low. And so it's, it's, it's sort of the, it's got gravity going. It's called gravitas. That's how it's known. Comedy starts low and ends high. Levity, levitas. Um, and so, so when I say comedy, sometimes people start thinking about sitcoms. That's not classic literature comedy. Comedy starts low, ends high. Um, usually ends at a wedding supper. Fascinatingly enough, um, in both tragedy and comedy, there's a battle in the middle. middle. In, the, in the tragedy, the battle is lost. In a comedy, the battle is won. So, the Bible is actually uh, comical. It's, it's levity. It's levitas. And it doesn't mean it's sitcomish. It just means it starts low and ends high. Well, you, how do you do that? Uh, well, um, the earth was void and formless and nothingness. That's how it starts. And it ends at a wedding supper of the Lamb. That's sort of the, the major trajectory. And if you have that in mind as you read, um, you, you, it starts, things start popping into sense. There's a big battle in the middle, right? Jesus wins it. You, you sort of get, okay, that's what's happening. Now, there's lots of other stories as you go along. And some of them are tragic, uh, and, and they're interweaved into the overall thread. But you need to know that our overall arch in the Bible is, is one of up uh, and what's happening. 
And so you can, you can then, you can see stories and you can make contrasts as you go. Like you can contrast Adam and Jesus. Adam, first man Jesus, second man, second Adam, called different things. You know, Adam, how's Adam? Adam's born high, right? The image of God, no, no issues. Sins, the fall, straight down. It's not a good situation. He goes from high to low. Jesus, how's Jesus born? Lowly. But what happens? Well, tough through crucifixion, but then he defeats death and he rises again. He's gonna, it's, he's at the wedding supper of the Lamb. So you see his trajectory is up and you see the contrast. Um, relationships. Adam, uh, the fall, Adam's, all his relationships are broken and end up in death. What does Jesus do? Jesus comes and defeats death and he restores relationship for everybody who comes to know him. Relationship with God, relationship with another. There's these amazing contrasts that are whipping through this literature. So I want you to look for them as you're reading. It really, again, will keep you engaged and help you on this journey. So understand that's what's happening with Scripture and what you need to know. So, uh, and then the, the last thing I had to say, the other cool thing about this is that y- you get to pick your ending in this story. See, if you choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you end up at the wedding supper. If you don't, you have a different ending altogether. It's like, have you ever seen, they make movies now, sometimes you can get them and you can choose your own ending. They have different endings that you can pick for the thing. Well, the Bible was way ahead of that. I always chuckle with people, uh, there was a movie long years and years ago now called Dances with Wolves. Everybody was going, oh, such a great movie, but it has a really sad ending. I don't like sad endings. Movies. Life is hard enough, not my favorite thing. So, so I generally don't watch them, but everybody's like, oh, you've got to watch this movie. I said, okay, really long. But, so I watched it. And I watched it for a very long time, and then I was at a place in the movie where everything was perfect. Everybody was happy. Everything was good. I turned it off. <laughs> I selected my own ending. That movie was awesome. Ends amazing. What a great movie. <laughs> Look, this relationship is one where you get to choose the end of your story. Choose Jesus. The wedding supper. That's where you want to be. It's the most amazing thing. Read the book. Keep plugging in. And uh, we'll finish up there so we can figure out what's going on storm-wise. But Alice, let's, uh, why don't you come up? Let's pray for everybody. Holy Spirit, we would invite you to come and uh, just move among us. and Bring peace to people, Lord. There's a lot of <laughs> stirred-upness. And um, I just ask that you would bring peace and that you would settle people's hearts, that, that all of us would know that you're God and that you're good and that you've got us and that we can trust in you, that, that uh, while things might be spinning all around us in lots of ways, um, we, are, we find our lives in you. And so just let your peace come and, and God continue to have your way in us. And I pray, God, for those who are are sick in any way, that you would bring healing. Come in power, Holy Spirit. Just heal them and touch them. And remind all of us that you're with us and that you're for us and how amazing it is that we we have you in our lives. And that that we're a place where heaven and earth meet, Holy Spirit, because you dwell in us. And let us just hang on to that in in the the moments of life when things are so hard, that, that we have you and that you're in us. Alice. Amen. Just really feel like there's um, probably a lot of us, but some specific people that are just really, really weary and tired and just, that's the word I got. You're just really weary. But the Lord wants you to know that it's circumstantial. 
And there's a sacredness in your circumstance that you're going to get closer to him in. And he just really made that clear to me. There's a sacredness in that weariness and circumstance. And also Georgina reminded me of the scripture, Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that's Jesus. And um, then I just felt, saw really strongly that someone is struggling with your salvation. And you're just not sure. Like, you know, that's just something that you get hit with a lot and you go back and forth. But the Lord, I saw the Lord and he's holding the Lamb's book of life. And your name is written in permanent ink. You don't need to be afraid. You're his. You're his girl. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Good. So, this story. For us, the way that we engage in this story is by asking Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Best as he will ever make. He's done all the work at the cross. Our part is to believe, confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, do it today. It is absolutely the best decision you've ever, will ever make. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you do that for the first time today, let me know. Easiest way to do that, text the word heart to 305-745-7513 so that I can celebrate with you. Thank you again for your amazing generosity, everybody. Um, those of you watching online, bless you for your, your faithfulness to continue to tithe and to give and your offerings and all those amazing things. Alice and I talk all the time about how blessed we are to be uh, in ministry with all of you and uh, what an amazing group that you really are. Let's sing the doxology and we'll let you go and do what you need to do for Hurricane, get the chairs out of the yard, yeah. Praise God from whom all blessings bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. Everybody be safe and uh, have a good day. Dodge the rain. If you're heading out, please go out this way so you don't have to touch anything. First stuff out there if you need it. I was going to say catch some fish, but I was really only joking about all that. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.